Hey guys, Darkside here with Vital MX. This next interview with Garrett Marchbanks is from a recent episode of the Moto X Pod Show. Hope you guys enjoy it. What's going on, Garrett? Not a whole lot. How about you? We're doing good, man. Like, I, first thing I got to ask you is, you just came off the open house out at Club MX. How was that? Uh, man, it, it's fun. It's a cool, uh, you know, experience. There's a lot of people that come there, you know, get to watch us train and ride for the day. And, uh, you know, it's cool to go watch all the young kids ride and uh, even the older vet guys. So, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. You know, they get to go ride the, the big track or training track that we get the train on and uh, also our public track. So if Joe Public comes to this event, do they actually get it on the track as the same time as you, at the same time as you and the other club guys? Um, if we ride outdoors, yeah. Okay. I mean, when I was there, uh, when I signed to the team, I tested during, you know, the open house and I rode with all the, you know, the general public. Yeah. I just, I was wondering, cause I feel like that would go all bad with your teammate, Phil. Um, <laughs> I just think he would like, I could see him like running up on a 15 year old kid on a 85 and give him the throat slit gesture. Like, why are you in my way? Punk ass kid. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean he did that to me when I was there as uh, as a twelve year old. So I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, well let's talk about you, Garrett. Look, man, you came off this 2022 series, full season outdoors on a 450. Uh, you you raced obviously indoors on the on the 250 and a few races on the 450. I assume 23 is 450 all the way. Uh, no, oh. no, we're, we're staying down for 250 Supercross okay. and, uh, you know, outdoors next year is uh, up in there. We're not, we're not for sure yet. Okay. Is it a team deal? Do you like the 250? I know some riders in Supercross don't like the 450. I talked to quite a few of them. Would you rather be on the 450 at times in Supercross or are you like, yeah, 250 soupy all the way? Um, honestly, like I wouldn't mind, you know, jumping to the 450 class, but same time, I know I still got a lot to prove. I mean, I just turned 21. Um, I'm still really young. Uh, I feel like I can, you know, I still have a lot to prove in the lights class. And I mean, I'd really like to get back up there on the podium all the time. And, uh, you know, even hopefully in the next two years, I mean, I haven't pointed out besides I think one year. So, um, I'd like to you know, go for a title in these next three years in the lights class. Yeah. You, you finished eighth overall this season, 250 West, and you had three fourth places, I think did not touch the podium. Unfortunately, do you feel like you, there was something you learned this season that will progress you next, this coming season up a couple more steps. Was there, uh, you know, some learning steps that you picked up? Yeah. I think honestly just not getting sick. (laughs) Oh yeah. You did get sick in a couple rounds. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, um, I got COVID after round two, and honestly, like, if you watch Oakland, I, I faded real hard, and uh, I mean, honestly, I could barely do the heat race for how it was, and uh, it was just really hard. I mean, all of us actually, a lot of us got it, and it just kind of wiped us out, and honestly, I didn't really feel 100% until I would say A3. Okay. And that's when I felt like I got back to my speed again when I won the heat race and had a killer start, but I hit a rock in the first turn and fell and came from last to fourth again. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I definitely had the speed. It, it sucked because I know this year I felt like in Supercross um, I had a lot more speed than I did the year prior. But, uh, 
it was just kind of like crappy luck, honestly. That's the only thing I could really say. I mean, just getting sick this year, and uh, that's about it, honestly. Just was getting sick in Supercross, and then Salt Lake, I, I uh, messed my shoulder up pretty good. Luckily, it's all better now, but that was kind of a, you know, a rough go. I only rode one time for, uh, during outdoors uh, before Paula. So right. I got one day of training in and then just kind of sent it and hope for the best. <laughs> that usually goes well. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> so so you mentioned that you're going to do the 250s next year. What, what goal factors go into determining what coach you want to do and are, do you have any plans to do any 450 stuff in between that or i mean heck we don't even know what coast we're doing <laughs> um it, it's hard to say i like either coast i feel like i'm a good rider on either either one of them um 450 stuff i have no idea um i'd like to you know if we're up there in the top three in points battling i mean that's the goal um you know I, i'd prefer just to stay focused on the 250 you know, not, not ride so much 450 stuff, you know, at Daytona, that stuff's fun. But, uh, I, I feel like I kind of kicked myself in the butt last year going to Daytona just because, you know, I, uh, we had that two or three week, I think two week break before Daytona after a three. And, uh, I was sick during that time and only got a couple days on the bike. And it, I just felt like we didn't have a lot of time to, you know, prepare on the 450. Yeah. I think I think I rode four days in the 450 before that race, and it was just kind of like, okay, go have fun. It was like, man, I, I'm a super competitive guy, and I wasn't really that pumped with my position, and I feel like I definitely wanted to be in that, you know, I'd say eight to uh, five range in that class, even though for how stacked it was this year. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a bummer. I just feel like you know if if we don't have all the parts and pieces mainly on my part of getting a lot of practice in it's kind of like let's just focus on the 250 speaking of focusing on the 250 does the smx stuff do you think that will affect your decision whether you go to 450 in the outdoors next year again because of the accumulative points to get to the playoff rounds yeah i'm not sure honestly we haven't talked about that um we'll see what we're doing for you know those rounds um but yeah, that that's honestly something I, I have no idea uh, on that side of things. Yeah, I would think that that'd be a big deal for club to try to get you guys in the playoffs for the World Supercross Championship. So yeah, the more points you can get, the the farther up Super you are motocross. in qualifying. What I say? You said World Supercross. Oh, well, they're doing that too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Super Motocross. Sorry, that betters your chances to qualify higher for the last three rounds. I think it's a uh, half million to win for the two fifty class. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. I yeah. think he just decided he's on two fifty. <laughs> he just made his own yeah. decision. Yeah. So earlier you talked about some of the rides that you had last year where you're coming from the back of the pack. When you catch up to somebody who is on your level, does it change your mindset? I know if you're behind like a a, a 20, lesser rider. A, a lesser rider, you're like, get out of my way, I'm going. But you catch up to somebody, you know, like Jet or somebody like that, you're like, Okay, this guy's on my level. Does it change your mindset on how you pass them or how you race them? Yeah, I mean, 100%. Um, oh, heck, there's so many rounds. I think, honestly, I don't know how many rounds we did last year. Nine nine rounds, I yep. think. Eight of them I came from damn near last. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just my starts were terrible. And I, I hopefully we figure them out. And uh, But, no, yeah, I'd honestly say, like, once you get around that seven 
or I would say probably six or five range. Um, that's when I noticed it gets pretty hard because, you know, you're spending half the race, you know, passing dudes and, you know, working your way through the pack. And then once you get into that sixth, seventh, fifth spot, it's not even that it's like they're the same speed. It's, they're just hard enough to make it difficult on you. And sometimes, you know, on certain tracks, if you're, you're already tired by 10 minutes and you're just trying to pass guys, I mean, you don't really realize how much more energy you use when you're coming from way back instead of just starting up in six or seven. Sure. Yeah. Making a couple yeah. quick passes. I mean, I definitely realized that last year um, on certain races, I did have good starts on it. It was like, man, that was a lot easier to, you know, <laughs> take the fourth. Like, yeah, no, it, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm a big, bigger, aggressive guy. You know, I have to try a lot harder to hit certain jumps or rhythms compared to other guys. So I'm already using more energy. So if I'm starting way in the back and, you know, passing 15 dudes, by the time I get the fifth, it's kind of like, holy cow, man, I, we still have, you know, five laps to go. And I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> right, right. But doesn't it feel so good to pass a bunch of guys like that? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm slow. When I get out, like, in a practice with guys that are even slower and I'm passing guys left and right and I feel like I'm Garrett Marchbanks or Jet Lawrence, I'm like, yeah, I'm a bad dude right now. <laughs> and then you get to the faster bit. guys that go blown by and you go, damn, I suck. So <laughs> I sure like passing a lot of guys. It's fun. No, it's it's definitely fun. You know, the first round when you're fresh and, yeah. you, you know, you kind of come out of the gate quick and, some guys, you know, it's the first two rounds. Some dudes aren't as fast as others. I always feel like my first two rounds are great. I right. always feel like I'm, I'm on it my first two rounds. And you, you definitely notice, like, round one, the round, say, seven. Like, round one, you could pass eight dudes in two laps. And round eight, when everyone's kind of up the speed a little more, you know, everyone's progressed a little bit. It, it maybe it takes, instead of two laps, it takes five laps. And it's definitely a lot harder once the series goes on also. Sure. From a rider perspective, what do you think about the whole season kind of being one thing? And like, how, how do you look at that? And does that kind of affect any way that you would make your goals for the season or anything? Um, man, I know it's kind of silly, but the only thing I kind of get bummed about is it's messing up my, uh, my hunting season. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I, I, we only get, you know, a month off out of the whole year to go elk hunt. And, you know, that's like my vacation with my friends and family back home. And I remember I was back home on the mountain hunting with my family and, uh, we seen the news on Instagram. Immediately my dad calls me, he goes, are you serious? That ruined our hunt for next year. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. And it's just kind of funny. Just like seeing that stuff. But honestly, it's cool. I love racing, all that stuff. I just wish, uh, you know, like there wasn't so many, you know, the world supercross and, you know, this new thing. I wish it would just be like one good season and that's kind of it. As a fan, sure, I'd love for you guys to race every weekend. Even as media, it gives us something to talk about. But as somebody who's become friends with some of you guys, I'm like, look, you don't get the week off. You are working all week training and then you're racing all weekend and traveling. They're like, you don't get weekends off. You don't get time off. So to add another week or two or three into the season, you have to have some time off. From a normal person perspective that, you know, like I, I don't get a month off and I pay to ride a dirt bike. So like you could look at it yeah, both you ways. Get, you get two days off every week normally. Most people get at least two days off. They don't. Yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. Yeah, they're, they're working day in and day out until the, the quote unquote off season that now they want people to race all the time in. 
Well, Sundays they kind of chill, right? No, they fly. Oh, that's true. And hopefully they recover for a few <laughs> hours, and then they go back to riding 20 and 30-minute motos on Monday. Yes. They, they train Garrett, all day I'm long. sorry. I had an opinion for a second. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh, no, you're good. I mean, tell me about I mean, it's funny because I, I was back home, and everyone's like, oh, you know, you get time off. That's nice. It's like, yeah, it's only a month. You know, like last year we got like – it seems like every year it's, you know, they're taking a week off of our schedule. Right. And, I mean, like – at my rookie year, my second year, I think we got like almost eight weeks off or something like that, or, or maybe not that much. I think it was yeah. like six or seven, and then it and then it got cut, and then even cut more. And but it's funny, I was back home, and everyone's like, "Oh, how much time you get?" You're like, "Oh, only a month." They're like, dude, we never get a month off of work. I'm like, "Yeah, but it's different. Like, we're constantly flying, driving, you know, racing, training. Like, it's totally different on us. I mean, you know, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's like normal." average person you know gets saturday sunday off maybe even sometimes friday you know half day like we're our fridays are full full you know travel racing all day saturday travel sunday like yeah it's a lot Gary, when i when i think about the club mx team and i think about your ride there i i feel like you kind of fit the mold for that team and it's a good spot for you have you had any other offers and would it like what would it take for you to leave that team since you seem to fit with them so well um, to be honest, I haven't had really that, like, you know, big offers anywhere else. Um, I mean, here it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, you get your freedom, you get to go home and, um, you know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere, but, uh, you know, it, it's pretty cool. It reminds me of home. You know, you got, you know, the trees, not mu- much mountains, but, you know, you got the rivers, the creeks, the ponds, you know, you get the fish and, you know, you get all the tracks, like, in Southern California, you got to travel everywhere. You get the same, you know, two test tracks you ride day in and day out here. You know, Brandon boss is always tra- uh, changing the tracks. We have multiple tracks to train. And, you know, even if we get bored, a supercross, you know, we get to maybe ride outdoors once a week or twice a week on the sand track. Uh, but besides that, you know, it's, I get along with everyone, everyone, you know, it's great here. Uh, me and Brandon get along me and my mechanic and, you know, the whole crew, we always, you know, they come over, hang out at, at my cabin on the facility on Sunday. We all watch football together and cook out. So one of the listeners on YouTube made a comment that led me to a question here. And he was talking about, like, someone like you evolving into a rider like Chiz, somebody who has a long, consistent program or, and career that goes on for many years. And I was curious about how someone at your level looks to that. I know your goal win championship just like Chiz's was when he was younger is that something that if it turns out that way i'll do that kind of deal yeah i mean honestly like it, it's hard to look at it that way right now just because you know i'm 21 yeah uh, growing up to the amateur ranks i was you know a really winning kid like i mean i have eight titles at loretta's and a bunch of other titles everywhere else and uh you know when I rode for Mitch, you know, the plan was to hopefully get a title over there. It never happened. I mean, I did have my breakout year in 2020 and, you know, I felt like that was honestly going to be a really, really successful year for me, especially in outdoors. That was my, you know, go-to thing. But, uh, when I blew my knee out, it was kind of hard, but so on, um, you know, I, I trained with JB and, you know, he's a dude that's 36, 37 now, you know, I've watched him a bit growing up through the years and, you know, being on, I think it was like BTO, KTM, Honda, you know, he's had some great teams and he's had some so-so teams and, you know, you watch him and you talk to him and, you know, he's had a very successful career 
and it's been a very long career also i mean if if the you know my career didn't go exactly like i wanted with you know wins and titles i mean i definitely want it to be just like justin brayton i mean yeah. to just race and race and race and race and make a living out of it yeah it'd be great to be eli tomac but th- that's such a small percentage of guys at your at your career that are are the eli tomac so to have a long career that's fairly injury free making a decent living there's nothing wrong with having that as a goal it's- yeah i don't know at, at the moment though i mean I, nope. I don't want to look at it that way, you know, just I, being kind of like the fifth, the 10th place guy. Sure. I know like my results, a lot of people, you know, give me a hard time. They're like, well, you know, you don't deserve to be on a factory ride or you don't deserve the club ride this year. Cause you didn't, you know, get do better than Enzo or this guy or that guy. And you're like, man, I mean, a DNF three rounds. Uh, I had three top uh, or fourth place finishes had a heat race when, you know, I was sick a lot of the Supercross season, which sucks, and I hate making excuses. But, I mean, a lot of us, you know, we've all watched top guys have the flu or the cold. I mean, they've taken 14th that night. Yep. And, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. But Anybody who's telling you things, that you don't deserve the factory ride, those people are trolling you, I promise you. Because there's, <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> but it's just funny because ever since, I'd say, 2019, it's been that way. And, you know, it's... 17 18 years old at the time i mean you have a lot of pressure on your plate of course and it's just you know that's all i've pretty much had my whole career is just a lot of pressure a lot of people you know all eyes on you to do better and better and better and um it especially coming over here i mean we were such a small team i podiumed round one and we never got back to that point i mean i i mean that that first year here at club we had definitely uh, probably two other podiums I could have gotten. I've crashed out and it, it was definitely hard, especially this year. You're not, you know, not getting a podium at all. You know, every year I've raced, I've gotten at least one podium and, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, just keep trucking along, yep. keep doing my thing. Um, yeah, just get back on the box where I belong. I know I belong up there with those top three guys in the mix and, you know, hopefully make a run at it this year, if not for sure next year. I saw you taught a couple schools. It seemed like you enjoyed it because I think you even added one on after the first one. Uh, just talk about teaching and, you know, how if you enjoy that or not. Yeah, honestly, like, man, I, I love teaching kids and even like the older guys, younger dudes. And it, it's just something I love to do. You know, a lot of people helped me out as a young kid. And um, for me to go home and, you know, we, like I said, we don't get a lot of time off, but a lot of people always hit me up for classes back home. We usually get, you know, 10, 15, 20 kids out there at a local track in Wyoming. Um, you know, we put on little schools and the first one was a huge turnout. Uh, my buddies helped me set that up and I don't know, it's just something I love to do. That's something I'd like to do when I retire and, you know, just teaching's fun, you know, watching a kid that, you know, whatever, wasn't very good at the beginning of the day. And after a three day camp, you know, starts hitting jumps and turning a lot better. You know, it's uh, it's pretty cool to watch and know that you helped someone get that much better in just in three days. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. I think those kids need that. Kids, kids look up to you, so that's really cool that you're trying to give back a little bit. And yeah, what do what do you like about uh, working with J Mart this upcoming season? What do you think about being teammates with him? You know, J Mart's awesome. You know, I rode with his brother Alex for a while, and Alex taught me a lot. And uh, 
you know, just getting to hang out with them during the summer. And, you know, Jeremy's a very intense dude in practice, and that's how I am in practice also. And <laughs> it's definitely cool to have someone that's kind of like on my level of the intensity and will push myself. And I feel like I push him a little bit. I know he's like, you know, the bad dude on outdoors, and it's hard to keep up a little bit. But, you know, on Supercross, I feel like we, we had a couple of good battles in 2020 and the past couple of years. And, even now, I mean, we've been pushing each other and it's only day four on Supercross. And, uh, heck, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Him and I get along super well. And, uh, yeah, I'm super excited to work with him this off season, And hopefully we push each other and, you know, we crush it. That's what I was about to say. I think that you guys are going to push each other to the front. That's going to be really cool to see. All right. We just we got one more. We had a listener question, and you may not even want to respond to this, but uh, one of our listeners wants to know a one-word description of Mitch Payton. Um, <laughs> I thought he hung up. Yeah, I he <laughs> no, no, I mean, he, he, he's a really good dude. Yeah. I okay. mean, I, I got along with him really well. Yeah. Um, I th- no issues with him. I mean, even after everything, uh, tears go with the whole Atlanta incident, I mean, Heck, his kids always talking to me, hanging out with me. And uh, no, I mean, I have no issues with them. I mean, very good dude and good family. Yeah, I think there's a general thought that maybe you guys really parted on bad ways. I know we've talked about this actually in the past, but I think some people still thought there might have been some bad blood there. But yeah, none. No, I mean, it's sad that people think that. Because I mean, heck, after Bud's Creek, uh, after the races, you know, I, I went over to the pit and talked to him and. You know, he was just sitting there by himself, and I just thought it'd be a good time to just talk to him. I haven't talked to him in a few months, and yeah, we talked for probably 20 minutes just talking about family, life, and stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, no, I mean, it it sucks that people think we put on bad ways. I don't think there was anything like that. I think just me at the time, I was a young kid. I wasn't very social. You know, I, I didn't go to the shop a lot, you know, like the other pros would, and, you know, go hang out. I think that's what people thought of me as being a, a rude kid and not wanting to, you know, be social. I was just, you know, when you're young, you just kind of stick to yourself and you do your own thing. And yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong. I appreciate you explaining that though. It means a lot. And I, I thank you for uh, responding to the text and coming on the show tonight. No, thank you for having me and uh, have me whenever. Absolutely dude. We'll, uh, we'll hit you up as it gets closer to Supercross, and we'll definitely see you at a one or well, right, I, maybe good. we won't if you're riding East, but we'll see you when we see you. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Garrett. See ya. Yeah. See ya.